Can you bounce? Hi, welcome to Finding Your Mana, a podcast hosted by Tori Rugby. Join us as we talk about purpose and passion, rugby, travel, style, fitness, and all things sport. Erica is my adopted sister (laughs) and one of my very, very good friends, but I can't, I'm trying to think of how long we've been friends now, but we actually, our our lives have kind of been synergistic because our fathers were very good friends um, and they actually passed away, I think that was the same year, but they grew up together and were in the same social circles. And then we grew up in the same areas, but we really became friends because we basically have beach houses next to each other. And I always say Erica's, her family was the first family that actually talked about things. Mm. <laughs> and I've known your children since they were young. And Erica, she has three children. And now, well, Albert was an ice hockey player. And then one of them started riding horses, which, you know, I was a rider. And then the other one, we just got to play rugby at Penn State. So I feel like our lives are very interconnected. And Erica is also my yoga instructor, as well as being a good friend. But and I'm a little biased, but by saying probably one of the best yoga instructors I have experienced in the world. So I look to her for a lot of advice. So I just want to say thank you for coming on here. And thank you for having me. Of course. And right now you're in Boulder, right? I'm in Boulder right now, hiking and being in nature. How's how is that? amazing especially at this moment in time in history to be out in nature and just to remember sort of that life is good in many ways even if it's challenging did you take the week off from doing your zoom yoga or are you doing it yeah there? yeah I felt like I took the week off which is not easy for me to do because uh but it's been a real discipline to learn how to take care of myself in order to like really be strong and productive when I need to be yeah, that's great. And how have the Zoom calls been going? I know that was a huge transition. Yeah. So we transferred over to teaching everything online through Zoom. Um, and it's translated fairly well. I mean, there's nothing like being in person for sure. But I think that they have translated really well. It's really made me hone in my teaching skills, which has been great, because you have to communicate really verbally instructions, but it's been going really well. And we've actually brought in our audience because people who didn't want to actually walk in a yoga studio are now more comfortable doing it from behind a screen. So there's been people who have never really done yoga who have really started to participate. Yeah, I forget. I think it was because uh, I've only, you know, I, unfortunately, I think it, that's, it is a hard transition for a lot of instructors to do because, I mean, you, because you're a good yoga instructor doesn't necessarily mean that you're good at doing things with technology or transferring those skills in different ways but but I can't think it I can't remember if it was you that asked people like how they thought do they feel less self-conscious or Mm -hmm. I've only done one or two classes which I've honestly I've turned off one or two because they weren't able to translate it well I think because either they're used to going around kind of interacting with the people and like helping Mm -hmm. them adjust them but yeah, I mean, I, th- I think, you know, for some people, like, I, I, it's hard. I, I need the discipline of leaving my house, yes. going somewhere, because yep. even though I, I think fitness is so important, and then I think for others, you're right, it gives them an opportunity to kind of not be seen and not be self-conscious about it. Mm-hmm. So you've, t- you've told me you've gone, had a lot more people enroll in the Zoom 
classes, right? Yeah, than even walk in the studio. So, and a lot of them have been men and people who didn't want to come into the studio, but really are enjoying doing it at their home in their own way. And I think it's really, in that way, it's been great. It's been great. So how long have you now been doing yoga full-time? Wow, it's probably almost 18 years, you know, 17 years. Wow. And uh, yeah, I mean, I started practicing about 21 years ago as a fluke. I was never interested in doing yoga. I didn't even really know what yoga was. I mean, there wasn't yoga back 21 years ago was not a popular thing. There wasn't yoga studios up in every corner. There weren't yoga videos, but I had injured myself training for a marathon. And my brother, who was an Ironman, said to me, I've been doing this interesting stuff called yoga. And my times are better, my running times, my healing times from injuries. I was like, okay, I'll I'll give it a go. And uh, I found this little place that was doing classes in the bottom of a Masonic temple. There wasn't even a studio. And I was like, you know, this shit is awesome. (laughs) I was like, there's something like my body feels good. My running felt better. I f- I didn't feel so creaky in the morning. You know, my joints felt more fluid. So I was able to heal quickly from my injury. And really, it's complemented everything I've done. That's so interesting. So were you a trainer at this time, right? Were you doing? Yeah, I was also a personal trainer. And I was also teaching. I was a personal trainer. I was teaching group fitness classes. I was teaching cycling classes. I was always really athletic and in the gym. And I I love the gym. I still love the gym. I love it. But I think so much about fitness is about efficiency and how to be optimally efficient. And, And it's interesting because yoga is about, it's a very Eastern approach, meaning like, how do we use our energy in the most efficient way possible? And so I think that that's why yoga is such a great benefit for athletes, because how can we do our training in an efficient way, right? And sometimes that means about doing things a little bit differently in order to propel or accentuate or boost other ways in which we're training. So for me, I found that to be true for all the different things I was doing. My my lifting was better. My running times were better. My healing from my recovery was better. Yeah. So yeah, because I would I would think just knowing how you grew up and you know this isn't something that came from your your parents or yeah. from you know what it wasn't really traditional where we grew up or how you were brought up. No, not at all, not at all. And also, I think in many ways the beauty about doing you know these sort of practices is there's something that and it's been documented by science that helps our nervous system and so what we do know scientifically is that our bodies heal best when our nervous system has the ability to be calm so that's when optimal healing of our body happens and so it's great to like work out and i love to run and i like to sort of jack up my nervous system i love all of that but what are we doing in order to balance that out and also to really engage the parasympathetic nervous system, which is where our bodies heal best and where we sort of mentally can decompress. Right. And that's key, key, key for us for our overall health. Yeah, I think that it's, so we, you know, I had asked you about that before because I had done 
my parents did yoga when I was really little, but, but they did more of like a meditation yoga. And I always, the same thing. I, as an athlete, I was like, if I'm going to spend an hour doing something, I'm not going to spend an yep. hour doing this. I'm going to work out. And, yep. you know, my experiences from yoga were kind of like, uh, even though my father was a stockbroker and they were, you know, on the main line, they, it was, they did it for more of like a meditation kind of thing. So I was like, I'm not really into this. Like, even when I became a body worker, it was very from a medical aspect. And I think, well, you know, I started in where I lived in Philadelphia and, you know, I think a couple of the classes I went to, I think at the studio, they were a little bit more spiritual. And so it, yeah. I, didn't get into it for a while. And I think it wasn't until I really found your classes where you kind of came out of it from a more of an athletic. So it, it challenged yeah. my body. But then I found that like, again, I was calmer at the end, end of it. And yeah. like you, I think same with my body work, I came into it very medical that it was this and now I'm open to energy work. I'm open to all of that kind of stuff. But I think so where did you so I mean, not to make a stereotype, but if somebody were to meet you, you have these gorgeous dreads yeah. and all these <laughs> amazing tattoos. So I think, and you, if you tell them you're a yoga instructor, especially being in Boulder right now, that they would yeah. know that you were this, they would not know that you, you know, have this other life to you, this other side to you that really likes really nice things and, and has this yes. fitness background. And I mean, I think that's one of the things yeah. why I love you so much too, is that you have such a good balance so yeah, I want to go back to the nervous system because I think that's where it's super important. But where now, when did you take this from a physical aspect to more into a, I don't want to use, if you, I guess we can use the word spiritual practice. Cause I think yeah. you do really when, uh, first of all, I think that for athletes in particular for me, who's, I consider myself an athlete or my daughter, who's an athlete or any athlete that I've worked with. And I've worked with a lot of athletes. Our main vehicle, our main access point for us is our bodies. And athletes like to work our bodies. There's something about athletes that we connect in a way that we don't necessarily, we won't connect if I was to take an athlete and sit them down in a cross-legged seat and say, okay, be quiet for a half an hour and meditate, right? That doesn't seem right. very accessible or user-friendly for people who are athletes because our access point is our body and, the, and our, the working of our body. And so what I think what I've done because of my own experience of being an athlete and liking to work my body and also to use my body as a way in which to access deeper parts of myself. And you can call that your spirituality, your connection with God, your connection with Allah, whatever it is whatever your connection is it could be connection to earth or whatever it is spirit light that our body can be an access point for that for us connecting deeper inside of ourselves and so that's how i like to use yoga that's how i like to teach yoga to use our body as a vehicle to not just like really get into our body but almost in many ways to almost transcend our body in some ways and go to the deeper places within ourselves I think real quick, one of those things that actually touches on my last podcast is what you're saying is that recovery and, and your, your body's so careful. But I think the reason why athletes like doing physical things is because of control. So when you're yep. resting and healing, it doesn't feel like you're controlling something. When you're physically yes. doing something with your body, 
And I found that yes. the, the, you know, the, the, the athletes that I work with almost are addicted to working out too much. And I have yeah. to tell them to stop. And one thing, the, uh, the, the last coach that is coaching the U.S. I worked with so much why he brought me on board is because he understands the importance of rehab and rest and recovery yeah. and how important that is in, yeah. in the training process. And so like I was one of probably you know, the only massage therapist on the series that they brought on. But I think the reason why you want to work out so much and do something physical is because you can control that. And athletes yeah. need to have control over their bodies, um, yes. at least how that's feel. So when you're being passive, that almost even I think that's that's a harder concept for athletes to grasp. Is yeah. that that's just as important, if not more important. That your body heals, like how important sleep is, and, yeah. But because you think feel like I'm not doing anything, I'm not, right. I'm not physically doing anything, but you don't realize you're resting. So this goes back to what you're saying. So I took, I always thought that you know Yin yoga was passive, and then I took a recovery yoga. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's what it was called, right? Which restorative, um, which was completely restorative. Yeah, thank you. It was restorative yoga. It was the first time. And I had never, uh, I don't know why, I had just never seen a class. Usually yin is the most passive that I've seen. So we basically held a position with props under us so that our body was fully supported for like 10 or 15 minutes at a time. And at first I was like, so I'm going to do this for an hour? <laughs> like, I just, like, I thought that this was my yoga class. And by the end, it was wonderful, though, because I'm a horrible sleeper and I took it at night. So do you want to bring us back to the parasympathetic nerve and why that's so important. Yeah. Well, I think that's the beauty of yoga is, and the certain ways of practicing is that there's always an element where we can come to, we integrate a, a form of relaxation in the practice. We can use, add breath work practices towards the end that help after we really work the body in a particular way and yoga postures are actually not just sort of like these shapes that we do, but there's actually, if you look at yoga postures, they access what ancient science calls meridians in your body, which are energy lines in your body, strangely enough. And so yoga feels differently than any other physical activity. There's an openness that happens in the body. And then we do some form of relaxation towards the end which is when we really get to access, you know, this calming, the balance of the yin and the yang. The yang is like the work, the hard work of the physical practice. And then the yin, which is more of like the softness, the relaxation. And we start to see that both can be beneficial and they complement one another. There's a lot of fear around culture itself, just in general, of stillness and gentleness and slowing down, right? And not doing this. That translates into very negative connotations. And in particular, like you said, for athletes, that can be really hard to do. Really, really hard. Yeah, I mean, again, I think it, it, it's, it's the more people study about it and the more that understand, but it, it's looking as I'm not doing anything for myself. Yes. You know, it's, constantly have to be busy. And I think these days it's, you know, I think it's, it's funny how they, you know, so many people are saying that use this COVID time as a time of rest and to relax. And then other people are using this 
as a time to get things done and take opportunities. I've talked to so many different people who have who experienced like we talked about the same, you know, we're all experiencing the same thing in the universe right now. But some people are like taking this and watching mm -hmm. Netflix and taking time and resting, which mm -hmm. I think is great. I think I need to start doing a little bit more because yeah. I'm kind of like, well, now I finally have the time to do things that I couldn't do. Right. Mm -hmm. Another question I wanted to ask you about, which we've talked about. So now I, I know there's new studies out there, but I don't think they're very common, but it's about breath work and breathing is, is something yeah. that is extremely hard to do it's always been like when i rode when i was little i would always my trainer would be like you're not red enough that means you're not working hard enough because i it, it's I don't, I don't know why it's so difficult but why now there are studies now that they're saying breathing through your nose like you do in yoga mm -hmm. is more effective but can you talk about since you come from both ends why breathing like you know you're taught to expand your lungs and take a deep breath in and then breathe out through your mouth. Like when you're doing this yeah. work and in yoga, it's all it mainly through, nose. through your nose. So when we breathe through our mouth, like if we were to run, right, we would need to breathe through our mouth. And what happens is within our bodies, the fight or flight response. So an excitement of the nervous system happens because we're running and there's nothing necessarily wrong with that, you know, that we're running. But if we're always breathing in that way, we signify to our body that we're in a fight or flight response. And so what they found actually is in countries where there's high levels of stress, that most people are mouth breathers, actually. But when they went into like Buddhist monasteries, they found like the monks were mostly breathing through their nose. And so what we do know is that when we breathe in deeply through our nose and exhale through our nose, which can take some practice for some people, that it calms the nervous system. And actually, we take in more oxygen through our nose. Another part of the breathing that we know is that the way in which we breathe and operate our lungs is through our diaphragm, really. It's the movement of the diaphragm that actually helps our lungs to breathe. Most people don't have the flexibility or the openness in that area of their body, meaning around their chest the intercostal muscles, especially athletes, because we tend to be really tight and firm in those areas, that there's not the pliability for optimal breathing. And so a lot of the yoga practices I do is about opening up those parts of the body to make you a more efficient breather, which is really key and important. I mean, we can live without a lot of things in our life, but <laughs> breath is fundamental. And yeah. Why is it such a difficult thing to do? Part of it is habit. Part of it is just the way in which we get taught breath work. I think that there's a slow process of learning breath work in order to get your body more oriented to it. But they do have done studies and it actually changes actually what happens in your brain and your body, meaning endorphins are released when you do breath work. It's calming for the nervous system. There, it it leaves you with an overall sense of feeling good. So when you, so you're a big runner as well. So when you go running, yeah, you primarily. Yeah. I regulate my breath as much as possible. Meaning it's not that I don't breathe through my mouth, but over time, most of my breathing is done in through my nose and a very slight, slight exhale through my mouth as I'm running. So 
the breath work. And also I've worked a lot on conditioning those parts of my body to allow myself to take full deep breaths in. Most people cannot take full deep breaths in. They think they're breathing, Mm -hmm. but their breathing is such a low capacity, really. And so much of our own strength comes through our breath, really in our body, the oxygen, oxygenating our body. Well, I think a lot of people don't realize that, and well, I mean, they realize that your diaphragm is a muscle, but they don't think your diaphragm as an actual muscle. Like a lot of body work that I've done on people, especially I remember an ex-boyfriend who had panic attacks, it would work on his chest and opening up and it would be so tight and it would be restrictive. And so, but I think like when you think of that, like breathing, you think of your lungs and your diaphragm, but you don't really realize that that's a a muscular part that can get tight and that does need to be loosened up. So it's a muscle that you work like any other thing. So you... So doing yeah. breath work and, and ex- so that you, so breath work is something that you can improve. For sure. And most people, and it's also encased amongst a lot of fascia and tissue and muscle and everything else, right? So it's not just about when we think of taking a deep breath and most people breathe through the front of their body, meaning your chest expands, right? But people don't think about when they're breathing in, the belly should be expanding, the back of the chest, the back, your upper back, right? Even to the mid back, your thoracic spine, all of that, we should be three dimensional breathers, right? But most people are not breathing in that way. So I want to talk a little bit. So now we've tried to translate this. So your family was big on big ice hockey, right? You're a big ice hockey fan. Yes, we are. And so now you have a daughter that is playing rugby. So what what are your initial thoughts? I know she hasn't been playing for that long, but. So when my daughter told me she was interested from going from ice hockey to playing rugby, I asked her, couldn't she pick a sport like golf or badminton? (laughs) So we could avoid some more injuries. But what I really appreciate before about rugby is the community element and her amazing people that are blown away by that. It's really, it's amazing. Amazing as a parent to have a daughter be a part of that. Obviously, that warms my heart hearing you say that because, uh, you know, I, I was teaching, <laughs> trying to teach her how to tackle on the beach when she was four. Yeah. And yeah. you've seen me, I brought all, you know, she without knowing it, she met a lot of national team players. And, you know, you've seen me basically spend half of my life. So I think it's, it's great to kind of have people not that you were on the outside, but to to see why it is something that I've become like, I'm so passionate about, because it is, it's about the community. It's this really special, I mean, and I know like, other sports have some elements of it, but I really think there's something special with rugby that it's just so inclusive yeah. and that I can go anywhere in the world. And I, I love seeing the transition of your daughter just getting so excited about it. And so I we just spend one or couple, a few minutes talking about what we're a uh, project that we're working on together. So we're basically, you know, I came to you because you have this great knowledge about your body and, and athletics and making programs accessible to rugby players that that incorporate some elements of, of yoga because it does with a lot of fitness. And so your children, you know, who had never done yoga before, and now that we're doing a program 
that incorporates some of these elements called mobility conditioning. Like, so we got her to be, to test out this for and she loved it, <laughs> which I think is so wonderful. So exciting. Um, yeah. So I want to talk just a, for a minute. Um, and then this obviously can go into a lot more things, but so about we're doing a mobility conditioning program for athletes that basically we're going to touch on a lot of things, but incorporates a lot of like why one-legged stability and ankle stability is good and, and joint mobility makes you a more effective runner or why hip mobility and stability and strength is important. So how, how do you think these things translate to athletes? And now that you know a little bit about rugby into rugby. Yeah, well, I mean, I think that this has really over the past, I would say three or four years become a huge thing about functional range conditioning and mobility strengthening of the body and what, and now, and science backs it up that as athletes or just anybody that mobility and strength worked in direct combination and equal balance with one another creates healthy, strong bodies and bodies that are sustainable. So bodies that can avoid or prevent or mitigate certain injuries that we might sustain and allow recovery to be quicker and easier. And so I love to work with athletes around integrating strength and functional uh, mobility work into their fitness regimen because it's a way for them to become stronger and better athletes and be able to sustain themselves as athletes in the in the long run. So what these practices do is really highlight for you the areas where in one respect you might feel really strong and proficient, but also the more subtle areas where your body might be in, un, unbalanced technically, really. So yeah. So important. I know I would love for you. I'm going to try to get you good to go out to some of these teams and work with them because I think it's just so important and just a different way of training that not many people have access to. Yeah. 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 So we're excited to bring it to people, which is really nice. Yeah. Okay. Well, I know you, you have to go. So thank you so much for joining us. And so what's the best thank you. if people want to look you up or but, get a you? Yeah. Great ways. I'm on Instagram under musings and movement. I'm also, I post a lot of videos. I'm also on Facebook. People can connect with me that way. So thank you for having me. Thank you so much and have a great time in Boulder. And I will see you when you get back. Okay. Okay. Thanks, Erica. the window smiling oh and why though did i understate your arrival